Great, so there we are. There we have it, our four key values. And we did reliance last week. We had a look at what it means to be reliance last week. This week, it is the turn of community. So here we are. I think some of you will know about the furor that surrounded the AQA biology exam. Did any of you pick that up on social media? Some of you have got some sons that even were complaining about it, I believe. Um, do you know what happened? They were asked a, um, what seemed like a particularly ridiculous question. What was the actual question they were asked? Do you remember? That, something about underage drinking, but also something which is about businesses. What does it mean to be a... a what does it mean to be a an independent business in a biology exam. So I thought we'd have a look at the word community. So I looked it up. So the first slide comes up. So community is uh, a group of people living in the same place or having a particular characteristic in common. The condition of sharing or having certain attitudes and interests in common. Or a group of interdependent plants or animals growing or living together in natural conditions or occupying a specified Habitat. That would have been all right in a biology exam, it appears, if you'd had the word describe community. It seems as though it would have fitted. Can we have the next slide? So this is what we've uh, discovered through our surveys that we conducted with the church um, over the last six months and interviews with staff team and with the leadership team, uh, with our PCC. Uh, we came up with this statement, which Stephen very beautifully put to music and visuals in that what we just watched we are a witnessing and worshipping community following Jesus doing life together we welcome all people through building genuine relationships supporting one another create a relaxed environment of welcome safety transparency celebration compassion teaching training and encouragement inviting others to join us as the church family grows so how are we going to do that could somebody look up for me uh, John 13 34 to 35. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. To what extent must we love people in church? Jesus makes quite an extraordinary statement, doesn't he? As I have loved you, so you must love one another. Wow. As I have loved you, he says, as I have loved you, you must love one another. What a challenge that is. How are we going to transfer the kind of love that Jesus has for us to the people sat around you? How are we going to do that? Is that how... You love the person next to you right now. Matthew 12, 46 says, 12, 46 says, While Jesus was still talking to the crowd, his mother and brothers stood outside wanting to speak to him. Someone told him, Your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to speak to you. He replied to them, Who? Who is my mother and who are my brothers? Pointing to his disciples, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother, my sister, and my mother. So have a look around you right now. Have a good look around. Here are your mothers, your brothers, and your sisters sitting around you. I think this week, 
And as we journey on together, I think God wants to encourage us to take some new steps in loving one another, in being community. So, my first challenge to you is to turn to your brother, your sister, your mother, your father, and uh, ask them, talk to them. How are you going to show love for one another this week? It doesn't have to be the very person next to you, but in a church community, how are we actually going to come up with some ideas to show our love for one another this week? Have a chat with the person next to you. And then I'll take some ideas. Okay then. All right then. Who can throw me some ideas? I'm slightly hesitant. Slightly. I'm definitely not coming to you. I'm slightly hesitant when I talk about how we can show our love for one another to go to the married couple at the back. Because there was a lot of giggling coming from them too. So is anyone else, apart from the married couple at the back, want to express how they're going to show their love for one another uh, this week? Uh, I said I'm not coming to you. Go on then. Yeah, so keeping up the communication through the week and offering to pray for people. Wonderful. Good. (laughs) Anything else? Any other ways that you discussed about how we might show our love for one another, encourage one another, pray for one another? Having patience in half term. (laughs) I'm on holiday. I've got loads of patience in half term. Do you mean patience with the people that you're with? Yeah, don't we, don't we just need a whole load of patience? Are you talking about that as a perspective as a parent? I thought you might be. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> a number of parents are agreeing with you. Yeah, we, we can ask God to fill us with that fruit of the Spirit, can't we? Patient. And, and God says that he'll give us that fruit of the Spirit. That is just part of being a Christian. That fruit of the Spirit comes, the Holy Spirit comes to make his home within you. You're full of love, joy, peace, patience. And the others. I know there's more. Don't worry. They taught me that at Bible College. Anything else? I was trying not to interrupt. Just to, <laughs> just wanted to make sure there was a bit of silence at the end. So I showed that I was listening to you. Yeah. Isn't it just great? Isn't it just wonderful when you realise somebody's actually listening to you, giving you their full attention? <laughs> Isn't that just wonderful? Isn't it just a, just a wonderful kind of burden that gets lifted off you and you realise someone is actually paying you their full attention and listening to what you've got to say? And often, actually, it's just the listening. You don't even need to offer the advice or anything. Just in the listening. That's great. Okay. We will uh, we'll come to the, when we come to the end. There'll be another way to respond uh, for all those other ideas that you've got. Jesus had told his disciples he would be with them a little longer. Time was getting short. He chose this time to tell his disciples the great truth about living with one another, about being in community. The first one another, as I have loved you, love one another, is the reason for all the other one another passages, and it's love, isn't it? love is the one distinguishing mark of being his disciples the one telltale sign that we're part of his community greet one another bear with one another be devoted to one another are quite a few examples 
and we're going to have a look at some of those. So let's consider one of these, one another's. Some of you like to take notes, I know you do. Um, so if you like to take notes and you want to look these Bible passages up, it's 1 Thessalonians 5.11, Hebrews 3.13, and 10.24.25. 1 Thessalonians 5.11, Hebrews 3.13, and 10.24.25. Encourage one another. Hebrews 10.34.35 says, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he, he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. If we love one another as Jesus commands, we'll want to help each other become the very best. We'll want to encourage one another on the journey. Let us consider, it says, anyone speak Greek? Great, I can tell you what it means, and no one will know. Katanaumen, in the Greek, did I say that right, Evan? Yeah, good. Uh, in the Greek, means to diligently and actively consider another's trials, temptations, and problems. The word spur or provoke in some translations means to excite or stir up someone in the love of God and doing his will. Stir, excite, provoke. The word encourage means to build up or strengthen. When we come together as a group, as a body, as a team, as a group of believers... One of the things we must do is encourage one another, excite one another, stir one another up, provoke one another onto doing good deeds. Everyone needs recognition for his accomplishments. Everyone does. But few people make their need known quite as clearly as the little boy who said to his father, let's play darts, I'll throw, and you say wonderful. When we gather as a church, we are to encourage, to excite, to spur one another on. So turn to the person next to you and just discuss for two minutes how you can encourage one another this week. Maybe other members of the church. Again, don't think about the person that you're sat opposite, how you're going to encourage that person. But how can you encourage other people in our church this week? Wonderful. Wonderful. We are to encourage one another. Hold those thoughts, those discussions that you've had. We'll come back to them at the end. We are to encourage one another. How are we going to do that as a church this week? How are we going to do that as a community? We also want to forgive one another. Ephesians 4.32 and Colossians 3.13. Ephesians 4.32, Colossians 3.13. We are to forgive one another. Not long before she died in 1988, in a moment of surprising candor in television, Marganita Lasky, one of the best-known secular humanists and novelists, said, What I envy most about you Christians is your forgiveness. I have nobody to forgive me. Any relationship will have its moments. Church relationships are no exception. The church is the perfect place for imperfect people. All have sinned. All fall short of the glory of God. No matter who we are, whether you're up here in the seats, out in the marketplace, we're not perfect. But what makes us different is our relationship with Jesus. 
We are loved and forgiven by Jesus. He is the difference in our lives. Of course he is. We know that, don't we? We're sure and we're certain of that. Even so, we're still flawed and marred. Colossians 3.13 says, Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Oh, listen to the next bit. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them together in perfect unity. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. So not to be outdone by joy, she's not here, but, so I can't boast too much, but in her Hebrew last week. The word to bear or forbear in the Greek means holding yourselves back from each other. One commentary said, avoiding all occasions of irritating or provoking each other. We do not get into situations or events that will intentionally provoke or irritate another believer, part of our community. One individual uh, uh, I spoke to said that church is often like a bunch of porcupines getting together to get warm. (laughs) They might get warm, but they also get hurt. If you haven't been hurt by church, you probably haven't been around church for very long. But it's not how it is supposed to be. But it will happen. Have you ever been in the supermarket and seen a little kid in the shopping trolley? You ever heard the little kid screaming, throwing a complete hissy fit? Anyone seen that? Yeah? Maybe your mind, you're thinking about it. Now, maybe your mind has gone... You're thinking about your kids? Okay. Uh, maybe your mind has gone to this morning and you're thinking about that little darling that was running around. Maybe. Well, what do you think when you see this little tirade? God bless her. God-given little cotton socks. Is that what you're thinking? Hmm. No, you're thinking, shut that kid up. (laughs) That's an assault on my ears. We'll have a little video now. Now, we are all prone to throwing a little hissy fit. I'd love to see an adult doing that in a supermarket, wouldn't you? I didn't realise one of my children were going to be here tonight. Uh, (laughs) They tell you not to tell stories about, about your children. Anyway. Um, do you know, like, when my kids did that, do you think I loved them? My kids did that. Do you think I still loved them? Of course I did. Of course I did. They're my kids. I don't love the kids in other people's shopping trolley. But I love the ones in mine. What's the difference? They're my kids. My love... For them, covered a multitude of sins and ear-piercing screams. Now, what I think God is essentially telling us is when people in church throw a hissy fit, they're in your shopping trolley. (laughs) They belong to you. They're your family. Let your love for them cover the multitude of their wrongs. I am sure at some point you'll get your feelings hurt. Someone will say something you don't like. Someone will irritate you. But we are mandated by Jesus. We are commanded by Jesus to forgive as he forgave us. Our eyes are not on each other, but are on Lord Jesus Christ. Ephesians 4 says this, Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all 
and in all. Forgive one another. And next, serve one another. If we claim to be disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ, we too will be servants. We will serve one another. What did Jesus say? I've not come to be served, but to serve. It's quite tricky, this following Jesus, Clark, isn't it? It's quite, uh, you've got to put a lot on the line, haven't you? Jim, actually, just before the service, he said, we don't talk about the cost of discipleship. And it's there, isn't it? It's, it's there to see the cost of discipleship. But the payback is incredible. In 1878, when William Booth's Salvation Army was beginning to make its mark, men and women from all, all over the world began to enlist. Any Salvation Army people in Salvationists in tonight? No. Okay, we've got a few amongst our congregation. One man who had once dreamed of becoming a bishop crossed the Atlantic from America to England to enlist. Samuel Brengel left a fine pastorate to join Booth's army. But at first, General Booth accepted his service, services reluctantly and grudgingly. Booth said to Brengel, you've been your own boss too long. And in order to instill humility in Brengel, he set him to work cleaning the boots of other trainees. Discouraged, Brengel said to himself, have I followed my own fancy across the Atlantic in order to black boots? And then, in a vision, he saw Jesus bending over the, the feet of rough, unlettered fishermen. Lord, he whispered, you wash their feet, I will black their shoes. In a world that teaches everyone to get to the top, climbing over as many people as you possibly can, the leadership position is the best. Control, pride, money, esteem, all related to your position on a social and economic ladder. But Jesus washed the disciples' feet to show us a better way, a greater way. The kingdom way. The first will be last and the last will be first. The church is an organisation where people are taught to strive to be the servant of the people around you. Servant of others. Our service is aimed up at building the body of Christ. Encouraging one another. Building one another up. Serve out of love for one another. When a person loves another We'll want to serve one another. Why do we serve? Because Jesus has served us, sacrificed his life for us. Supreme act of service. He's given everything for us. So we can submit to one another. As we submit to him, we can submit to one another so we can build and strengthen relationships in the church. Now, when you serve, it's great to ask, for who am I doing this? Who am I doing this? If you're doing it for Jesus, you won't be bothered about whether you receive the recognition. You won't really be bothered if the vicar says, well done. Now, it's good for me to recognise when you do good things. But you won't be looking for me to say, well done. Or whoever the, your leader is, whatever team it is that you're in, you won't be looking for that person to recognise. Because you know that your reward is in heaven. So test yourself when you're serving. Is it work from God? Is it given for you to do from him? Is it work for God? Are you finding in him its secret of power? And is it work with God? It's 
only part of his work that we want to engage in. We want to be co-workers with him, partner with him. So the cost of discipleship, the cost of being community, it's absolutely impossible, isn't it, to carry that out in our own strength. I hope you agree. We cannot possibly do those things in our own strength. It is only because of the love and power that is available in Jesus that we can do those things. Without Christ, without Jesus, we are way too selfish and greedy. We want what's best for us. If you ever go, anyone work in a children's nursery? Hannah's not in, that's a shame. She'd be able to tell us what it's like in a children's nursery. You know what it's like in there? That's what we're like on the inside. Whining and crying for our needs to be met. We're jealous of others. We want what others have got, even to the point of taking what another has. Not the way it's supposed to be. It's not the way he asks us to be. C.S. Lewis, one of my favourite writers, he wrote this. Do not waste your time bothering whether you love your neighbour. Act as if you did. Act as if you did. As soon as we do this, we find one of the greatest secrets. When you're behaving as if you love someone, you will actually come to love them. If you injure someone you dislike, you'll find yourself disliking him or her even more. If you do him a good turn, you'll find himself liking him or her even more. Don't waste your time bothering whether you love your neighbour. Act as if you did. We are to love one another as Jesus has loved us. And he shows us how to love one another. Being community is about your mother and your brothers. Being community is actually all about the people around you. It's about them, the other Christians in your community. Everything we do for one another is because of what Jesus has already done for us. When we love one another, encourage one another, forgive one another, serve one another, we do so because of his example and because of his great love and his great power. Okay. Over on the... Um, oh no, I'll hand them out. What I'd love you to do in response to that is to... Um, You take some of those and pass them along. Take some of those and pass them along. Uh, these are blank postcards. Take some, pass them along. Take a few, pass them on. Stephen's going to come around with some pence. And just take a couple of minutes. Think about the person that you were thinking about earlier or the situation. How can you um, encourage somebody in our church? How can you show love for someone in our church? Write them a little note. Got plenty, okay? Um, and I did think I might post them, but I won't. If you want to just give them to me, I shall make sure they get to the right person. Or indeed, you can keep hold of them and give them yourself. Or if you know their address, you can post them to them. So a little note to encourage someone in our church. To tell them how much you've seen them the way that they serve this week or how much their faith has been encouraging you or indeed maybe an encouragement to our kids pastor about what a fantastic job she's doing 
So just think about what you discussed earlier, how you're going to encourage someone. And now write a little note of encouragement or a couple of notes of encouragement. Somebody else in our community that you can either give to them or maybe you can post it on or you can let me have it and I'll make sure they get it. Father God, we just ask that you, you would bless what we've written down. That uh, its intended re- recipient would receive that with the love in which it's intended. Pray you'd raise us up as a church that would encourage one another, build one another up, carry one another, forgive one another, serve one another, and love one another. Lord, will you pour out your grace upon us? Grace upon grace. We want to be such an authentic an attractive community of brothers and sisters here that people outside of our community will just see us and say, I I want in. I want to be a part of that. I want to belong there. We'll be a church, Lord, where we throw open our doors, where everyone is welcome. We create this environment safety and transparency and compassion where everyone is encouraged to discover their unique gifts and talents and then to put those to your service for his church, for your church for your community we want to submit to one another out of reverence for you Jesus Teach us to do that, Lord. Show us how we do that.